This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. first criminal indictment of a US president has happened and last week Donald Trump appeared in a Manhattan courtroom to hear the 34 felony charges relating to business reporting fraud that have been made against him. In this quiz shortcut, we'll explain what exactly Trump has been accused of, how this all came about and the key players involved. And we'll explain what it might mean for his 2024 presidential race. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. Donald Trump has been a fixture in the news for years now, Claire, but it's all amped up in the past few weeks. The latest focus on him kicked off when the 76-year-old posted on Truth Social, which is his own social media platform. That was on the 19th of March. He made a prediction that he would be arrested and indicted within a couple of days. And he wasn't quite on the money with that timeline, but it did happen two weeks later. Yeah, so just to get a handle on a bit of the language, because it can be a bit off-putting, the sort of (laughs) words that we don't really use here in Australia, an indictment is a formal notice to a defendant that they have been charged with a crime. That happened on Friday the 31st of March. And on Tuesday the 4th of April, he handed himself in for the arraignment. That's the court hearing when someone formally hears the charges that have been laid against them and enters a plea. And Trump did have to listen to quite a few. There's 34 felony charges, like I mentioned. That means they're crimes which could result in jail terms of a year or more. He's pleaded not guilty to all of them. And the New York District Attorney's Office has released a public statement after that court appearance saying that Trump was accused of falsifying New York business records in order to conceal damaging information and unlawful activity from American voters before and after the 2016 election. And Claire, those indictments were a finding by a grand jury. Yep. Yet another legal process that we're not really familiar with here. Uh, So that's a bit like a committal hearing, but it's done in secret and before the target of the accusations is charged. Uh, A grand jury is set up by a prosecutor to determine whether there's enough evidence to pursue a prosecution. It's made up of members of the public and they're given investigative powers. For example, they can question witnesses who are not allowed to have lawyers in attendance. So Trump is facing quite a few charges, Claire, and we're not going to go through each one individually, but they are about the falsifying business records related to alleged hush money payments that Trump made to two women. Those women are adult film star Stormy Daniels and former Playboy bunny Karen McDougal. We don't expect you to know the ins and outs of how they're involved just yet, but we'll circle back on that a little later. And Claire, just to answer a question I'm sure many listeners have, paying hush money is rarely a good look, but why have these particular allegations resulted in criminal charges for Trump? 
Yeah, it's a good question because it's not about the payment of the money. It's actually legal to pay that hush money, mm. uh, but it comes down to those falsified documents. In the formal indictment statement, the District Attorney of New York, Alvin Bragg, who we'll come back to a bit later as well, he said that between 2015 and 2017, Trump allegedly orchestrated his catch-and-kill scheme uh, of making payments to several people, and then he concealed it through these false businesses entries and that's considered a white collar crime. You also mentioned that this happened between 2015 and 2017, Claire. Something else fairly substantial happened between those dates as well. Yeah, you could say that. So in 2015, Trump, of course, was in the thick of an election campaign to become the United States president. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, he won that election. And then in early 2017, he moved into the White House. So the crossover of those dates and Trump becoming president comes into play with all of this. Yeah, falsifying business records is normally a misdemeanour under New York state law, but it can be upgraded to a felony, as it has in this case. That's if the prosecutors can make the case for the defendant falsifying records to cover up another crime. And that's exactly what the prosecutors have done. District Attorney Bragg says that the alleged concealment of payments kept damaging information and unlawful activity from American voters before and after the 2016 election. Uh, He says that that amounts to a violation of New York election law, which makes it a crime to conspire to promote the candidacy by unlawful means. Uh, He's also mentioned other laws that might have been broken, but they haven't really disclosed exactly which ones the prosecutors will allege. That's all still to unfold. And Trump has denied all of this. And after he appeared in court, he spoke to supporters outside his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. He told them that the only crime he's committed is fearlessly defending the nation from those who seek to destroy it. Yeah, and during that same address, he also hit out at the prosecutors. He accused them of tactics out of the old Soviet Union. He's quoted as saying, they can't beat us at the ballot box, so they try and beat us through the law. And what he's referring there, of course, uh, is that 2020 election campaign and also what he might do in 2024 as he seeks to be elected as the president once more. And it's a good time to note that Trump hasn't been convicted of any of the charges that have been laid at his feet. There's a whole legal process and eventual trial to go through before he's either convicted or cleared. So let's dive into the key players who will star in that process next. Claire, although it might feel like it to the more casual observers of US politics, this indictment hasn't come out of nowhere. The Manhattan Grand Jury and the District Attorney's Office have been looking into Trump's business dealings for years, but it's not a stretch to say that his case isn't straightforward. And to get into the who's who of it, it's probably easiest to go through the backstory to how it all came about. Yeah, so to your point, the investigation actually dates back to the previous New York Attorney General, a guy called Cy Vance. His office started looking into Trump in July 2019. That was when federal prosecutors wrapped up their own investigation into Trump's alleged hush money payments to an adult film star called Stormy Daniels. Yep. Enter key player number one. Stormy Daniels is a name I've heard quite a lot over the years, but I didn't quite realise how deeply involved she was in Mm. all of this. 
She claimed in 2018 that she'd received $130,000 US dollars of hush money from Trump during his election campaign back in 2016. Yeah, so she claims that she and Trump had a night together back in 2006 and that they'd stayed in touch. Uh, at the time that she met him, she was 27 years old and Trump was 60. His wife, Melania, had just recently given birth to their son, Baron. And if that's true, which of course Trump says that it's not, Uh, It's not the kind of information that many political candidates would want (laughs) to get out to the public, certainly as they're fighting a big election campaign. And how Daniels received that alleged payment also brings in another key person in all of this, Claire. She says she received the payment through Donald Trump's former lawyer. He's a man named Michael Cohen. Yeah, he was known as Trump's fixer and he once said that he'd take a bullet for his boss. But after 12 years of having Trump's back, Cohen was charged and pleaded guilty in 2018 to bank fraud, tax fraud and campaign finance violations. Uh, That all, of course, directly incriminated Donald Trump Mm -hmm. too. Uh, Daniel said that Cohen made the payments from his own pocket on behalf of Trump and was reimbursed under the guise of providing legal services and Cohen agreed with that. He's since flipped on Trump and he's admitted to all of it. He's also said this year that he's absolutely prepared to testify against Trump in a trial. So there is some bad blood between those two men these days. But as we mentioned earlier, Stormy Daniels isn't the only person Trump's accused of paying off. There's also another woman named Karen McDougal. Yeah, we don't know as much about her as we do about Stormy Daniels, but she has a very similar story to tell. She's a former Playboy bunny and she claims that they had an affair uh, over 10 months in the noughties. Uh, She says that in 2016, again during that election campaign, that she'd signed a deal with the US tabloid, uh, the National Enquirer. It was worth $150,000 to tell her story exclusively, but it was never printed. And that in the business is a strategy that's used to suppress stories and it's called catch and kill. Yeah, and the National Enquirer got into a fair bit of trouble for it too, Claire. In 2021, the US Federal Election Commission found that the tabloid's payment to McDougal and then failure to run the story amounted to an illegal campaign contribution to Trump's campaign. And Claire, there's also a Trump Tower doorman who was paid off as well. He received $30,000 US after claiming that Trump had fathered a secret child with one of his employees. But the woman involved in that accusation says that she didn't have an affair with Trump. Yeah, and the charges come back to Trump because it's claimed that he oversaw all of that and the falsifying of business records to cover up the payments. Uh, That's the case that's being taken up by Alvin Bragg, the Mm. Manhattan District Attorney, and it puts him in charge of bringing the criminal cases in New York City. So unlike in Australia, where these sorts of appointments are made by the government and political independence is seen as a must, in the United States, these positions are elected and Bragg is a Democrat and he says he's pursuing Trump because Manhattan is home to the country's most significant business markets. We cannot allow New York businesses to manipulate their records to cover up criminal conduct. Then there's also Trump's legal team, Claire, minus Cohen, of course. The new lawyer in charge of defending the former president is a man named Joe Takapina. 
He's a Brooklyn-born attorney who's had many celebrity clients over the years, along with an impressive hobby. He's the owner of an Italian soccer team. <laughs> yeah, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Squizzes might have heard or seen of Tacopina. Uh, he's been speaking up quite a bit against Trump's indictment already. He's been pushing a narrative that the case is political persecution. And we'll see plenty of him as this all continues to roll out. Yeah, we will. There are, of course, a cast of thousands involved in this, but I think they're the most important ones covered, Claire. So now that we've set the scene, why don't we look into what it all means for Trump as we head towards next year's presidential election? Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Claire, conventional wisdom would tell you that what's happened in the last couple of weeks would kill someone's chances of securing the nomination of any major party in the US to be their nominee for president in next year's election. But this is Donald Trump that we're talking about. Yeah, he seems to defy gravity on these sorts of things. (laughs) And we've seen that time and again ever since he entered politics. And just to go through some of the events that the political watchers say would have sunk other candidates, during the 2016 campaign, the Washington Post published a video recording of Trump and television host Billy Bush. They were having an extremely lewd conversation about women in 2005. He also attacked Fox News host Megyn Kelly for menstruating. She had blood coming out of her eyes or blood coming out of her wherever is what he said at the time. So his attitude towards women was really in focus. Yeah, and some say that that's why it was important for him at that time to cover up those claims of affairs. Mm. Uh, And more broadly, Trump was impeached twice. That's never happened before. And then there was the 6th of January riots on the Capitol that he's being pursued over uh, for inciting the violence. And of course, that was after the 2020 election result that was denied by Trump and his supporters. They still don't accept the result that saw Joe Biden win and continue to say that the result was stolen. And that's a sentiment that still simmers with many Republican supporters overall. Yeah, that's right. And it's through that lens that many see this indictment, uh, a big part of Trump's campaign and time in office. And really this movement that he's created uh, was done under the slogan of Make America Great Again. It's based on a premise that the establishment, the so-called Washington elite, uh, are there for themselves at the expense of regular Americans. And he's cultivated this mistrust in the system to the degree that anything that happens to hold Trump to account is sort of seen through that prism. 
So there are plenty of people who see what's happened in New York as another way the elites are trying to bring their guy down. And Claire, that's why Trump's indictment could strengthen support among the Republican base for his 2024 re-election campaign. Yeah, it's still, though, a difficult issue for Republicans. Mm. Uh, what the insiders say is that about 30% of the party supporters are rusted on, um, die-in-the-ditch Trump supporters, and then for the next 70%, the party's really splintered and there's some big questions about what they do and who they support to become president going ahead. Uh, that's why we can see some of Trump's political opponents, who include Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, um, starting up their attacks on him over this indictment. Uh, Meanwhile, others have really rushed to Trump's defence in the face of what they say is a politically motivated case. One of the parts of this that's worth noting is the discussion about what Team Trump wanted out of his arraignment. That mugshot and pictures of Trump in handcuffs is what they wanted the public to see. Yeah, pictures speak a thousand words and Mm -hmm. the theory is that they would feed this narrative that Trump is being unfairly persecuted by his political enemies. Uh, It's already working for them without the images. Uh, Those images weren't available because there is no mugshot and he wasn't (laughs) handcuffed. Uh, But that didn't stop his team from generating some really striking images using artificial intelligence with their hero at the centre of them. Yeah, and they've paid off. They've helped his campaign to raise more than US $8 million in the last couple of weeks. Claire, at this point, we should probably point out that this case isn't the only big legal issue that Trump's involved in. Oh, yeah, it really isn't. So (laughs) Trump is the subject of at least four major investigations into wrongdoing relating to his handling of White House documents, uh, the election in 2020, uh, the riot on the Capitol and also his finances. Uh, On top of that, there's a rape claim made by former magazine columnist E. Jean Carroll that's heading for trial this month. Uh, And Trump is also fighting several other lawsuits relating to his international real estate and also his golf resort empires. So Claire, the big question is really, can he become the Republican challenger for president in next year's election? Alice, the simple question is, I don't know. (laughs) And look, I particularly liked a comment from a Democratic strategist named Simon Rosenberg last week. He said that any predictions about any of that are pure speculation because we're talking about something that has never occurred in American history. And that is really the Trump way. The primaries are still a way off. That's the process to pick the candidates. They run from February to June next year, ahead of the presidential election on the 5th of November 2024. And that is your shortcut to Donald Trump's indictment. So on to our recommendations. Claire, we've just gone through a lot of information and you can go down a real rabbit hole of stories online about the case too. So one of my favourites is a story from CBS News. It's a timeline that breaks down the chain of events leading to Trump's indictment. I'll pop a link to it in the episode notes in case anyone's interested in having a look. Yep, he's been a very busy guy when you look at that timeline. (laughs) Uh, Alice, I've got an article on those fake images of Trump that have been doing the rounds. My favourite was probably a crossover that had Trump in the Pope's fake puffy white parka. (laughs) the big jacket that did the rounds the other week too. Uh, There's a good BuzzFeed article on all of that. 
incredible. Thank you for listening in. If you like what you heard today, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests for other episodes, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. In the meantime, there's plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to. So get on to that. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.